Welcome to the Strong Girl Podcast, a podcast for and about strong women and how they overcame the things that once made them feel weak. Join me, your host, Samantha Russo, as I discuss everything from mindset to physical health with guests that will surely inspire and motivate you. There will be laughs, there will be tears, and maybe a few F-bombs, but more importantly, lessons to learn to help you grow and embrace your strong girl. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Strong Girl Podcast. My name is Samantha Russo. I am a personal trainer and an online fitness and nutrition coach. This episode, um, I want to start off by saying um, it is a sensitive topic, and I want to let everyone know I am interviewing my friend Christina Anabi today. And in this episode, Christina shares some really specific details about her past with disordered eating and mental illness. So if you're currently struggling with an eating disorder and in a delicate place, please avoid listening to this episode. So with that said, um, I know a lot of you know that I really got my start in fitness because I competed in pageants. I started competing when I was a senior in college. And although I didn't really have the best body image, I didn't compete because I wanted to change my body. I actually, that was really such, that thought came to me as I was competing, you know, after I competed at Miss America is when I really got serious about it. So my reason my why for competing was for the scholarship money and I really wanted to share and interview Christina and talk to her about her experience a because she's so knowledgeable and the message that she puts out is so real and so valuable and so many people need to hear it I have gotten so many messages on Instagram asking me, A, like, when am I going to compete again? So first of all, I can't compete in pageants anymore. Well, I guess I could, but um, I have toyed with the idea of competing in a bikini competition. I, I really, the mental state that I get into when I'm in competition mode is really unlike anything other. Um, and I've, I've talked about that on my podcast interview with Janelle Montero. You can go back and listen to that. Um, she was my coach for when I was competing for Miss New Hampshire USA that is a part of the Miss Universe organization and that's when I really really got dialed into it so the reason why I am bringing this all up is because I I truly believe that there are so many different aspects of why people compete and there are good reasons and there are sometimes not so good reasons I think if you are going to compete because you dislike the way you look it's not, competing is not going to change that. And that's something Christina and I talk about a lot in this episode because that's something that she dealt with. So I hope you enjoy this episode. There is a ton of incredible information in here. And I I do want to say that Christina and I obviously had very different experiences with competing. And they're both completely valid experiences. So with that said, I hope you enjoy this episode with Christina and Abby.
So welcome back and thank you so much for joining me again on another episode of the Strong Girl Podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. My next guest is actually a friend of mine. Her name is Christina Anabi and we met, um, I think we actually met uh, like through Instagram. Um, we were going to a conference together and we kind of connected that way because we had really similar interests in fitness and nutrition and health and kind of our our approach to that. Um, Christina is a body positive health coach and master's level therapist working towards licensure. She specializes in working with adults with eating disorders, body image, image issues, low self-esteem, anxiety, and depression. Through her own personal experiences with fitness competitions, yo-yo dieting, and mental illness, Christina understands the importance of taking a holistic approach to counseling. Christina is passionate about helping her clients find their purpose and self-worth and to break the stigma around mental health. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm super excited for this conversation. Yay. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. (laughs) So I guess as kind of like a background, how did you get started in the health coaching industry? So I had always been interested in sports. I had always done um, like physical exercise and sports growing up. Um, so it was always a hobby of mine. But I went to school for psychology and then uh, eventually went for my master's. And while in my master's program, I worked at an eating disorder clinic. And that's when my passion for health, wellness um, really manifested. And um, I was able to pair my hobbies with my education and I didn't even know health coaching was a thing at the time I don't really know that it was actually um, because this was before social media and um, the rise of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. um, online coaches and such so um, it didn't I didn't know it existed but eventually I did find a job after school was over as a health coach in uh, the corporate setting and so it was there that I could um start developing my skills and, again, pair my interest in health and wellness with my background in counseling and coaching, and it really just went from there, and then I decided to, um, after a couple years doing that in the corporate field, I decided that I could start doing it on my own, and that's when I started my side business as a health coach. That's awesome. So and that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. So did you ever, I guess I'm just interested. I feel like a lot of people start off as like personal trainers and then they kind of discover this more all-encompassing health coaching. Did you ever do that or was it really just like health coaching? Um, yes and no. So I did start out as a health coach, not really a personal trainer. Um, I did, you know, get certified as a personal trainer. But my passions really lied in with the holistic approach. And I think that's kind of because of my background in mental health, um, seeing the connection of, you know, the mind-body and whatnot. Um, But, you know, starting out, I was still very, um, very naive in what I thought health was and what I thought health looked like. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was struggling with my own personal issues around that as well. So... You know, when I did start out, it was it was almost that black and white approach, um, unfortunately. But going through my own personal experiences, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, that really shaped 
how I approach health coaching now um, and making sure that it's not just focusing on the physical health, but also incorporating the mental health as well. Yeah. So you um, competed in a fitness competition and was that before or like during the time that you were doing health coaching? It was during (laughs) and it was actually during my first year of health coaching. So this was after grad school, my first job as a health coach in the corporate setting. And I decided to do a fitness competition. Um, again, I was dealing with my own um, my own beliefs around what healthy meant and what healthy looked like. And this was when Instagram started becoming a thing. And I would see all of these fitness people that I followed, and they all looked a certain way. And I wanted to aspire to be like them. And so I was like, what are they all doing? And at the time, um, well, I'm, I know bodybuilding competitions were popular before this time, but I was just becoming familiar with them. So I didn't really mm-hmm. know too much about it. I was just like, oh, I want to look like that because that that's the epitome of health. That's what health looks like. It's these fitness models and fitness competitors. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And, <laughs> and uh, that was a Definitely a life-changing experience, <laughs> positive and negative. Yeah, so can you um, talk? Yeah, that was during health coaching. Yeah, so can you um, talk about your experience with the competition and really your mindset going into it or like why you decided that you wanted to do it? So, um, yeah, so... As I mentioned, seeing these people on Instagram, I wanted to to be like them, and I thought that that was going to help me be healthier. Um, I also had a couple friends who were new to competing as well, and they only had positive things to say about it um, while they were competing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a challenge, and um, I do really, I, I really like having goals and working towards specific things and having measurable steps to take to reach goals. So mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be a really good thing for me. And so I hired a coach without doing any um, <laughs> any research. <laughs> um, I hired a coach who my friend was working with, and it was an online coach, and he had uh, worked with competitors, successful competitors in the past. And so I... Um, I I prepped for, I want to say, like, six months. It was quite a long time. And at first, you know, I wasn't changing much with how I was eating. I was tracking macros, which was new for me. I had never really done that before. Um, So I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm finding a way to eat that works for my body. Um, I'm exercising um, more than I ever have. I'm getting fit. I'm getting strong. So the first few weeks, it was nothing but positive. Um, I, I felt good. I thought I looked good. And um, yeah, I was really excited. But as as the months progressed, you know, my body started to stall. I wasn't seeing progress as quickly. Um, my coach was having to take more drastic measures, cutting my calories down really low, upping my cardio, 
um, I was starting to feel the pressure of having to fit into this teeny tiny sparkly bikini mm-hmm. <laughs> on stage in front of hundreds of people and that was really messing with my uh, my self-esteem and my confidence I developed really bad body dysmorphia so here I was losing a bunch of weight uh, my clothes were literally falling off of me and yet I still saw myself um, in a negative way mm-hmm. and you know even at the point of my competition day I was the lowest weight I had ever been um to other people, I looked the best I had ever been, but I still wasn't satisfied with my body. And also during that time, I was experiencing a lot of physical issues and um, gut issues. So I was bloated a lot and that messed with my mind um, as well. So um, at the end, it was a it was a negative experience overall for me, but it did teach me a lot uh, about that side mm-hmm. of of fitness and what co- competing really means because nobody told me. Um, unfortunately, I had to experience it for myself. And then it was after the fact when I started opening up about my negative experiences that other people were coming forward and sharing their negative experiences too. I was like, why didn't anybody talk about this before? Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate that that more people don't talk about the negative side of it. But um, I think it is starting to become more um, more known, mm-hmm. the harmful things that excessive dieting and exercise can do for people. But unfortunately, that happens too late for a lot of people. And, you know, this was, this is what, six years later and I'm still recovering from from what I did to myself from the competition so it's pretty wild can you yeah so that yeah (laughs) go ahead no um so can you I guess kind of talk from the coming from a place of wanting to change yourself and believing that doing a fitness competition was going to help you you know it, what it actually did was it made you more self-aware of your body, more conscious of your body when yeah. you thought perhaps it was going to do something different. Because I know a lot of, like yourself, I, I've talked to many women um, that want to get into body competitions because they they want to feel good about themselves. They want to lose weight. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think from the outside, that seems like a good way to go about it, but it can do more more damage than good. Yeah, so I, uh, stepping back a little bit, I I did grow up with a skewed um, idea of what healthy looked like. I had been dieting from a really young age. Uh, I had always had body image issues, and so I was always kind of striving to look like a, a fitness model. I always wanted to look different than I was. And it's sad because I look back on pictures of myself from that time and I looked fine. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't look bad at all, but in my mind I did. And so when I saw these fitness competitors and they looked so happy, they looked beautiful, they were confident, and also they were saying how they could eat whatever they wanted and have six-pack abs. They... 
healthy, we're strong. And, you know, this ideal, um, they had this ideal life that, mm-hmm. that I thought I could have if I looked like them. And, and unfortunately, the more I got into the competition prep, um, the worse I felt. Um, I still wasn't satisfied with myself. I, I was comparing myself to everybody else. Uh, and I physically wasn't feeling well because I was under eating and over exercising and my hormones were going crazy. And, and I was also battling with a lot of um, depression and anxiety. Uh, a lot of that I think was because I was dieting, mm-hmm. but also because of the body dysmorphia and the, I mean, I felt like panic going on stage because I did not feel like I deserved to be up there. Mm-hmm. And, and again, looking back, I, I, I don't think I looked bad, yeah. but I, unfortunately it was just, that was my mindset at the time. I thought that, that, doing a fitness competition was going to make me love myself and be confident and it had the opposite effect and like I said I'm still dealing with the physical and the mental repercussions of of that unfortunately um fortunately and unfortunately because it definitely did teach me a lot of things yeah um yeah so what I guess what did you have to do and you know what are you still doing to get back into a better mental state or when you have bad days, you know, what are, what are the things or who are the people that help you? I had to do, I had to basically, the best thing that I did at the start was separating myself from that world. Mm -hmm. I had, during that time, I was consumed with it. I was following a bunch of fitness competitors on Instagram. I was friends with a bunch of competitors. That was all I was talking about. That's all I wanted to do was talk about diet and exercise. And also being a health coach, I mean, that's kind of hard to get away from Mm -hmm. because here I was trying to help people be healthier, but I wasn't taking care of myself. So I had to separate myself from, from those people and start to start to reframe my thoughts and obviously therapy helps with that. Um, that was really helpful for me. Uh, and to also trust my body again, which was really hard. Uh, right after the competition, um, I, I tried to eat normal again. I tried to eat, uh, like I normally would and I couldn't ever get full because I had suppressed my, my hunger and full signal so much. So I basically would binge eat so bad after my competition, but I wouldn't feel full. I could eat an entire like extra large pizza by myself and still be hungry. And so I put on weight really, really quickly. And as I mentioned, my hormones were out of whack. So physically, I was not feeling well. And so that contributed to a lot of my mental stuff as well. So I did work with a couple um, holistic doctors who helped me work on rebalancing my hormones, helping me better understand nutrition, and basically I had to step away from dieting and and over-exercising. 
and that's really hard. I think that's really hard for a lot of people who are trying to recover from maybe a competition or maybe from an eating disorder where they have for so long been under eating. It's so hard to train your brain mm-hmm. <laughs> and your body to to eat. But that really is what you have to do to to heal. And so a combination of, of that working on my mindset and my mental health and then surrounding myself with people who weren't in the dieting and the fitness world Um, and to recognize that healthy does not mean thin uh, and vice versa Mm -hmm. and there are so many there are so many beautiful strong powerful people out there who are not fitness competitors and I just had to start finding those people and and that really really helped so you kind of talked about it before but like this was when you started competing or when you competed it was pretty early on in like Instagram history like when Instagram Mm -hmm. you know was starting to become a thing like you said and Instagram has totally transformed and in the way that I think that you and I use it where we are very open and very vulnerable and talk about the the not so great parts about life um Mm -hmm. so how I guess how did social media play a a role in that and how how is it playing a role in the in what you're doing now Social media, I think, was one of the biggest influences for me to want to do the competition. And I think you're right. When it's when Instagram started, it was just sharing pictures. Um, and it wasn't about getting followers. It wasn't about influencing people. It was just, here I am. These are my pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started to become a place to... Uh, make money and have a business and be an be an influencer. I almost think it it's. I mean, it's definitely worse now for people who are looking to do competitions and to um, want to become these fitness models because you can make money from it now. Mm. Whereas before, you you that wasn't a thing. So it's almost worse now. Uh, but I do think that it is a great platform to to speak your truth and to be vulnerable, like you said. And it's really where I've transformed my Instagram page because I, if you if you look back, I have a personal page. If you look back, um, 99% of my posts were about exercise, were showing off my body, were showing what I was eating, were telling people how many calories I was, I was eating. And I thought I was being motivational by doing that. And unfortunately, I was just speaking a message that this, telling people that this was the way to be healthy. And now I know that that, that's not true. And so I've transformed my Instagram, my social media to show more body diversity, to be more inclusive of others and other types of bodies because health at every size is a movement, but it's also true you can be healthy at any uh, with any kind of body at any size with any shape color you know there's no one size fits all when it comes to health Mm -hmm. and that's the message now that I want to tell people so even as a health coach 
a lot of times people want to work with me or want to work with a coach to lose weight. And I have to really be mindful about that because to me, I know now that losing weight doesn't guarantee health Mm -hmm. and weight loss should not be the sole factor or the sole topic or, or topic of conversation that I have with my clients. Um, health is, it's multi-dimensional, multifaceted. It's not just about weight loss. So that's, that's difficult because people, um, as a coach, I I would say from a business standpoint, sometimes that can be difficult because people are still striving for that quick fix and they still have this idea that healthy looks a certain way. So I try really hard on Instagram, social media to speak a different message to hopefully, hopefully help people and understand that they don't have to diet. They don't have to exercise like crazy to be happy. I think that's the biggest thing on my journey was I thought looking a certain way and being healthy was going to make me happy and it didn't. It Mm -hmm. made me, made me depressed and, um, and I think a lot of people are going through that. And so I try to help promote and speak a different message. Um, but it's it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, definitely. With social media. <laughs> exactly. Um, talk about like now what you're doing as a health coach, like the different types of things you help people with, the different, you know, the different people that you work with or hope to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've worked, I, I've worked at an eating disorder clinic before and, um, I'm getting my license to be a therapist. I am a, I am a therapist right now in New Hampshire. You can work as a therapist with your master's degree, but I'm working on getting my license because my goal is to combine my, my, uh, my health coaching business with a therapy practice. I really want to bring the two together. Mm. Um, you know, not just to work with people with eating disorders, although that is what I specialize in, but uh, because you don't have to have an eating disorder to have disordered eating. You don't have to have an eating disorder to um, hate your body, to have fear around food, to be anxious and label things good and bad. That's really um, more of more of the common issues that I see in my health coaching practice rather than diagnosed eating disorders. Mm -hmm. But a big part of health coaching, as I mentioned, is the mental component. We all have um, beliefs around ourselves and around food and exercise and health. And in my own personal journey, I had to do a lot of reframing and, and seeing things differently. And that's what I want to bring to my health coaching practice. I want people to find that happiness and that purpose and that fulfillment outside of their bodies looking a certain way. I want them to feel their best mentally, physically. And I think that's where uh, I really, again, want to combine my therapy practice with my coaching practice. So that's, what I work on with people, I know that's a lot, <laughs> and it's hard to to really to really describe because everybody is so different and everybody's problems are so different. 
but it, the biggest thing is to if somebody's coming to me with a weight loss goal or a fitness goal or whatever for me to understand what actually they're really telling me and what actually they're really looking for because it's not nine times out of ten it's not weight loss nine mm-hmm. times out of ten it's not to look a certain way there's there's something else going on there and once we can identify that and really work on what they need then things really start to fall into place and I think that's what what's missing from a lot of coaching businesses a lot of personal trainers is that they're they're seeing things from only one view and and maybe that's all that they know maybe that's all that they're trained on and that's okay but if if a trainer is working with somebody who's struggling with body dysmorphia they should be referring to somebody else they should not be they should not be pressing weight loss or or weight gain even for some people it's it's really messed up sometimes what I see with people on social media and fitness influencers who have no training to be talking about certain things but unfortunately because they have the following people still want to work with them and then mm-hmm. they're just repeating these vicious cycles. So with my practice, I'm really, that's in part to why I'm working on my licensure because I want people to trust right. <laughs> that, that we can, uh, we can work on all of these things together. Yeah, so it's a lot, it's a lot, but I, I hope that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. And do you kind of feel as though, um, the work that you're doing is also like a part of your recovery. Like, does that play a role in how, you know, you heal? I would say so. Um, it definitely was a part of my recovery early on. When I was working at the eating disorder clinic, that was probably when I, it's, it's weird to say, but that's probably when I was the most secure in myself. I think because when you are working with somebody who has an eating disorder, who is literally dying from their harmful behaviors, from what they're doing to themselves, you take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't think people take eating disorders serious enough, but when you're when it's in front of you and you're really seeing the damage that it causes, you wake up and and it did help me because. I, I took it seriously, yeah. and um, and it did help me to step away from diet talk, diet culture, um, step away from the people in my life who were who were doing more harm than good. Things I couldn't really see when I was really in it, but um, after working with people, it definitely I think helped me get on the right path. Now I'm I'm definitely more um, healed yeah. <laughs> um, than I was when I was you know, six years ago or so when I was in it, uh, but it definitely still comes up. You know, I think if you have a mental illness, it never goes away. It's right. just something you learn to cope with and manage. And so there are definitely times when I still struggle with body image and my mindset around things. Uh, but I, I have the tools now to, to cope with it and manage it. And I know 
I know what helps and what doesn't. But, um, yeah, it definitely does help. Yeah. And to wrap things up, um, how can people find you on, you know, social media, website, or, and, and work with you? It's pretty easy because my name isn't very common. <laughs> but um, Christina and Avi is my handle on Instagram and my website as well. Um, it's going to, I'm going to, so my big vision in the next few years is to actually open a wellness center where it's going to be like a one-stop shop for people who want to work with a therapist, but also want to address the physical health piece as well. So that's my big vision um, for opening something up in New Hampshire. But in the meantime, I do work with people online. I do work with people over the phone and through Skype because I just want to do it as much as I can for people. And um, and I don't want to limit it to just my, my area because New Hampshire is not that big, mm-hmm. as you know. So I do work with people all over the place online. You can uh, contact me through my website or Instagram. It's just info at com. And eventually I will have my therapy practice once I got my license. I am working full time right now as a therapist um, at a place in New Hampshire. Um, and um, so the, the coaching piece is, is, uh, is still a side business. But all of that will grow and um, in the next couple of years. Um, and I'm exciting. just really excited to see what happens with it. That's so exciting. Um, I know. <laughs> I feel like when we, you know, when we get together, we're always kind of like, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do something. So it's like exciting to hear that you have like a, a vision and, and something that you're working towards. Yeah, and it, I think and this is for everybody, but especially for entrepreneurs, it's okay to not have things figured out. It's okay to not have the answers. And that's really been hard for me to accept. I'm type A. Same. Uh, and, and I think you are too. Yeah. <laughs> so I really struggle with uncertainty and the unknown. But I know that as long as I'm helping people and as long as I'm speaking my truth, as cheesy as that sounds, I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing what I'm supposed to be doing and and it doesn't have to be a clear vision I think as long as I have an idea and I'm working toward it everything will fall into place and so you know I started out wanting to be a a therapist and then I was like no I want to be a health coach no I want to be a personal trainer no I want to be a therapist together (laughs) I've kind of been all over the place but I'm still speaking the same message and I'm still and still helping people. And so, um, yeah, it can only, only get better and can only grow and learn, but it's okay that, that, that the vision isn't super clear. Definitely. And yeah, yeah, but it, it is exciting and there's always opportunity to grow. And, um, I think both, you're, we're both going to the summit again this year. Yes. And so it will be really cool to see what, um, what ideas and inspirations come from that too, because for me, the, the best thing that I've learned about being an entrepreneur is having people, um, around you and having like-minded people there to support you and that you can support 
because it's really hard doing it by yourself. Absolutely. I think that's just like good, solid advice that I've, I'm starting to learn, um, just regardless of whether it's in your own business or anything. I'm such a, I don't want to say like a loner, but I very much know that I'm capable of doing things by myself and, you know, I trust myself the most, so I'm just going to do it and do it right by myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's obviously not always the best way to go about it. And it is very lonely to do it that way. Yeah, it, yeah, I, again, I'm the same way, we're like the same person, <laughs> but, um, and actually that's like a good, uh, a good uh, metaphor, I guess, with, uh, maybe not metaphor is the right word, but it, it really mirrors recovery uh, as well, because one of the biggest things that helped me in recovery was to see a therapist and to talk about it and to be vulnerable on social media about it, uh, because at first, I didn't want to talk about it, and I didn't want to share my my issues and my insecurities because I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a health coach, I, I didn't want people to see that I was actually unhealthy. But opening up about it was was huge for me. And any time that you're someone's struggling with something, talking about it and getting support and getting help is the best and simplest thing. Um, that you can do. It's not easy, but it's simple. And if somebody is struggling with their health, their body image, depression, anxiety, whatever, talk about it. Talk about it to somebody, um, somebody that you trust and, and get the help that you need. Definitely. Thank you so, so much for talking with me and and sharing your story and being so open and honest about it. I think so many people will, this will really resonate with them. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out, I'm I'm always available to chat. And if I can't help you with something, I, I have a ton of resources and people that they could talk to or um, information that that would be helpful. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And yeah, I'll definitely link. Thank you so your, much for listening your, to your, your, today's um, episode. Handles, website, I am super that grateful that, that Christina um, chatted uh-huh. with me thank about you, her experience um, because it's a story that I can't tell. And I, I think it's so important for people to realize um, and to, to know. So really just looking back on all of the interviews that I've done so far, it is kind of mind blowing to me that, I know these women. I know these incredible women and have been able to share their experiences and the fact that they've been so vulnerable and open and honest and just everything, just have trusted me to be able to share their story properly. Um, I am so grateful and I'm so thankful to them and I'm so thankful for you all for being so supportive. Um, this episode, I really would love for you to share it. Um, that is the only way to help continue to see to see the show grow. And um, you can do that on Facebook. You can do that on your Instagram story. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can share it straight on Instagram. Tag myself, tag Christina. Give her social media handles a follow. She posts some really important um, messages. And, you know, she's such a valuable valuable follow on Instagram. I think it's important to follow the right people um, to show you the real side of what 
what disordered eating looks like or um, what mental illness looks like. So thank you all so much. And I will be back next week bringing you another episode of the Strong Girl Podcast. Thank you.